Welcome to Season 4 of Shine Time Radio, a monthly unedited podcast exploring themes around overwhelm with the insights and supports of tarot and coaching. I'm Jenny Robertson and I'm the tarot reader, coach and space holder here at Shine Time Coaching. I'm a Rainer Institute trained coach, heart-centered tarot reader, a lifelong learner, your trail buddy, and your introverted cheerleader. This place is for the overwhelmed dreamers, triers, and magic makers who are looking for a more intuitive, gentle, and supportive way back to themselves. Hey everyone, welcome to April's episode of Shine Time Radio. And this month is all about exploring our relationship to and with rest. <laughs> um, yes, so this month's theme is both immensely needed and also sometimes really difficult for us to access or have a supportive relationship with. Um, rest, <laughs> I think people have can have all kinds of reactions and um, feelings when that topic comes up, um, whether it's to with ourselves in a conversation with ourselves that we're having or whether someone's telling us to do it or whether we're kind of knowing we need it or whether it's um, more of a conversation amongst friends and family and how we're asking other people to engage with it um, when maybe we don't ourselves. And it's not just, you know, it's one thing to say rest, but what does that actually mean? And what does it look like? And what does it feel like for you? It's a really big, huge healing concept to explore. And it's one that's both big and important for myself and one I'm really working with just now. And also for the folks that I work with, especially around those of us dealing with overwhelm and burnout. And we have a lot of messaging and stories around rest, that rest is maybe not for us, that it's lazy, indulgent, selfish, or a waste of time. We, most of whom are women in this space, uh, have been sold a really insidious lie that while we are meant to be, quote unquote, healers, caregivers, and space holders for others, we are don't absolutely don't have to be those things. But there's a message around women in particular that this is one of our roles that we are, quote unquote, meant to perform um, for others. We aren't really supposed to be those things for ourselves. Uh, we are often afterthoughts in our own lives, and in particular when it comes to rest. Essentially, we can be cup givers, but if we look at how and where and when we fill up our own cups, we can sometimes feel like we're at a bit of a loss. Uh, we haven't necessarily been taught or shown the importance of and how to rest. And not only is rest essential um, to living, um, it's also essential to our heart and soul-centered living um, that so many of us here are exploring and trying to engage with. Um, and actually, we are worthy of rest. Um, we are worthy of good, proper, restorative rest just because we are human beings in this living space. Like, that's it. We are all worthy of rest. Um we could explore the roots of why this is, and it'll be different for each of us, of course. And it could be how things were modeled for us by the women folk in our lives. It could be a story that was created about us. It could be that we have heard 
over and over the messages of hustle and hard work being where value lies. It could be because the systems of our culture are purposely set up to keep us grinding and grinding and working. Um, And there's also this really weird and gross kind of sensationalism placed on being exhausted and overworked in our culture, predominantly. Um, In this culture, not all cultures do this. (laughs) Giving women space and time to rest to consider and learn about themselves and feel into things and process things and release things and connect to their intuition. Yeah, it's no wonder that this could be a fearful thing for for some people or some folks. You know, thinking, feeling rested women. (laughs) I'm sure that is scary to lots of people or to certain people, you know, or organizations who are dependent on women maybe not being so rested or having time to consider their needs and wants. So I was gifted um, this label of being lazy when I was a, a young person, a uh, younger person. I probably was more aware of it as I became, yeah, early teens maybe. Um, uh, and I recognize now I actually was living as a child, as we all often are, was more able to live in alignment and as, you know, the person, as how I was sort of meant to be. I guess when we think back, sometimes we think about that child sort of who, what we, what, what we were, what we were engaged in and what we were wowed by and what we were interested in, how we moved and spoke and all those kinds of things. Um, and I was a ponderer. <laughs> I was quite a sensitive, empathic, feeling being who loved books and nature and watching the clouds and the rainbows and, um, and the, you know, the water and the light on the water. And <laughs> look, there's a dog over there. And look at that flower. Um, I was pretty imaginative. I was pretty creative. And I lived in, I often lived in my own wee bubble. I loved getting lost. I could read for hours. Um, and I definitely had ups and downs of energy and was highly sensitive to others, I recognize now, and the energies that were going on around me. Um, I certainly knew how to work hard um, and when I was needed to, and I would spend a lot of time doing and exploring and figuring things out. And then I would also spend a lot of time in rest mode, um, observing and imagining and learning and daydreaming. And my younger me knew what I'm sort of having to relearn now, that there is time for making, doing, caregiving, working, and there is time for feeling, processing, releasing, intuiting, ebbs and flows and phases and cycles and all the sort of good, good things that nature teaches us. I'm 44 years old and I'm rediscovering this way of being now for myself that I already knew when I was little. Um... Today, I'm working on this blog and this podcast and April's newsletter and April's posts. Um, And they're all being created today because my body is tired. Um, uh, For those of you who have been here for a while and who follow along with things, I just left my teaching job on Friday and I'm now a full-time small business coach and tarot reader. (laughs) It's terrifying, but also very exciting. And I've also recognized that this next month, 
I can allow myself a bit of a transition period that actually I need to rest to process the change and the big change that has come and the big, you know, and the, the, and to soothe some of the nerves and anxieties and worries and stresses that came along with that big change. So I've had very ups and very big ups and big downs and today and I've had a great week and I've had some really lovely experiences that I've allowed to myself to have. And also I noticed this morning that when I was taking my dog for a walk, I felt my body has a certain feeling when I know that it needs a rest. So today is it's my brain's t- time to shine. It's brain work time today. So other times I need to give my brain a break. So then it would be busy hands and body moving time. Sometimes I don't have a choice in the type of work I have to do. So I kind of try and build in restful moments to sustain me or I'm learning to. (laughs) I'm still figuring it all out. And I think I'll probably have to figure it all out for every phase of my life from now on forwards. But I'm much more aware of what my body needs, what my brain needs, what my nervous system needs. Um, And I'm learning, better learning to give it to my, you know, to give that to myself. What I do know, though, is that we get to reimagine and recreate a relationship around rest for ourselves, one without guilt or shame, (laughs) one where we don't have to earn the rest that we deserve simply because we are here now living this life in these times. So on today's podcast, I'll share with you some coaching and tarot insights around how to explore your relationship to rest, how to consider the different types of rest you may need to engage in, as well as some practical resting activities, because maybe, just maybe, the way you considered rest for yourself isn't actually restful at all. <laughs> so why rest? And it seems really silly to talk about why rest, because I think we all feel like we know rest is important. You know, like quotation marks, no rest is important. But do we actually know, know why rest is so important? Um, because I think if we really deep down knew how important rest is for our bodies, brains and all the parts of ourselves, um, this would be we wouldn't be fighting it so much. We wouldn't be labeling it so much as things that it's not, you know, um, as as being opposite of productive. Because actually rest allows you probably to be more productive. Not that that is a goal. (laughs) But I know I certainly am more able to do things and live my life the way I'd like to when I'm well rested. Um, But you know, how many times even when we're doing our resting things, but we start almost like multitasking our rest. <laughs> so gosh forbid we actually just do the, you know, yoga thing that we need to do to help our body feel more relaxed and stretched and everything else without also maybe like writing out our list or, you know, our shopping list or sending messages to people or, you know, organizing something, you know, or we're trying to read a book for half an hour just to totally check out and we're at the same time thinking of all the things we need to do the next day. So it's that multitasking of rest that doesn't actually allow us to rest at all. But what rest does allow us to do is it allows us to come back to our center. It allows us to check in with ourselves and see how we're doing. It allows us to spend time getting to know ourselves. It soothes and repairs our muscles, our bones and brains and nervous systems. It allows us to hear 
or feel our intuition and maybe connect to the downloads and messages that are kind of right there trying to get through to us. Um, it allows us to explore our magic and our dreams and our wants and our needs. It allows us to process feelings and emotions. You know, rest is a pause. Rest is nourishment. Rest is restorative. And when we engage with rest, we show the world around us that we are worthy of rest. And actually, so are they. And I think that when we um, embrace our relationship with rest, not only does it benefit us, but it benefits, you know, people and around us and our families and our communities. So some rest with, in relation to the tarot, um, the star, rest in the star. The star is probably one of the most potent healing cards in the deck. It's purposeful, restorative healing. And the star follows the tower in the deck with its sort of big tectonic shifts that either happen sort of at our core internally or externally, and the examining of and possible rebuilding of our foundations. And in the tower, there's that sort of sense that something has been kind of burned or cleared away. And so the waters of the star, which come after the tower, are really, really important. Um, so in the imagery of the star, you'll see this person um, scooping up water in the traditional imagery, I should say, scooping up water and pouring. There's water being, you know, for themselves and water for the ground around them. Um, so it's taking from the calm, shallow, warm, healing waters and it's pouring on ourselves and pouring it on our surroundings. And this card is about making a practice of and environment out of our healing. And a big part of that is how we set ourselves up to rest. Um, the rest that is needed when, you know, this is the rest that is needed when maybe we are in like deep overwhelm or we are approaching or coming out of burnout or have been through a big change or transition time. It's sort of like the, sp the first response type of rest. It's like, get this woman some water and a place to lie down. Take the water and, you know, we want to take that water, let it cool us. Let it also nourish the ground and the space around us. What needs to be accessible for you know, for us at this time so that we can fully and properly and deeply rest, so that we can engage with some healing. And this um, energy can feel almost like it needs to happen to us or for us, like it's necessary, you know, it's necessary um, work <laughs> and a necessary theme for us to engage in when this sort of, when this star comes up. It's my star year this year. So I'm very, very aware of this energy from this card and very aware of how and why I'm being invited to, into this. So um, yeah, it's big. It's very big and potent and important. The other tarot card that keeps coming up around this for me and that's massive is the Queen of Cups, which is around restful retreat. And the Queen of Cups is a massively important card for us healers and leaders and space holders. So, you know, teachers, nurses, counselors, mums, doctors, readers, mediums, caregivers, anyone who does any kind of King of Cups work must be very much connected to the Queen of Cups. You know, um, it's Lindsay Mack who calls this card sacred retreat. Like it's, it's sacred, it's necessary, it's a must. And it's about honoring that. Um, 
And we have to know when to go in and nurture ourselves and fill up our own cup so that we can give. And not just so that we can give, because we're allowed to have full cups always just because it's our right to. (laughs) But especially when we are cup, you know, givers and fillers of other people, other folks, um, going in and away and retreating so that we can be replenished and resourced properly is crucial. You know, so often we can see this need for other people, but we can't We sometimes struggle to see the need or know what this looks like for ourselves. And as I've mentioned, I've been pulling the star and the queen of cups a lot this month. And because the star is also my, it's my star year, I've been really listening to this and what it means and what it looks like for myself. I'm getting really clear and practical about what sacred retreat looks like for me. Um, And I've created a morning sort of sanctuary for myself where I can breathe and read and pull cards and ponder and write and reflect and just be. And this allows me to enter the world in a more grounded and self-supported way, usually. (laughs) Um, And I get up early to do this. I made space to do this. It's intentional. um, And it's become something that I want and need to be dedicated to because I have found it's something that works and that serves an aspect of this Queen of Cups work. You know, doing the work here that I do, also being a mom, um, among other things, and also being a highly sensitive person. uh, This, what Lindsay Mack calls sacred retreat is essential. um, Because I can't do any of that without tending to myself first. And that can feel difficult to own (laughs) and say out loud, because it does bring up those selfish guilty feelings that a lot of us feel. Um, But I can see more and more so clearly how essential these are, right? Um, It's really important that we consider where we're at in terms of our relationship with rest just now. So when you hear someone mentioning rest to you, or you consider rest for yourself, like what comes up? What are your first thoughts or what feelings come up? Are they critical skeptical are there maybe even a bit mean if so whose voice are those thoughts and beliefs speaking to you from a family member your culture your religion or maybe capitalism (laughs) do you know do you feel you deserve to rest do you believe you have to earn rest does it feel safe for you to rest like the first thing we can do is just get curious about what rest means to us and what is our relationship to it and what comes up for us when we are thinking about rest and how it fits into our lives. You know, getting curious about that, this is sort of the first step to reimagining and recreating a system of rest for yourself. And the way that we do that is we have to consider our own needs. You know, the next step after that would be considering our own needs. The only way that we can properly give ourselves the rest that is best and most supportive is to get to know ourselves really, really well. You know, some of us need more and less rest than others for a variety of reasons. Some of us have more sensitivities. That means we need more rest um, to rest more often or we need longer and deeper rest. Some of us can work really hard and fast with the support of resting little and often. Some of us need to completely isolate ourselves and ground ourselves in sort of calm, quiet. There's no wrong way to rest if there is wrong ways to rest. <laughs> We're not doing it That's for us, in a way that's for us. What I mean is whatever your means of rest is, whatever that looks like for you, it is not wrong. It's perfectly right. 
So knowing the pace that we work best at, knowing, understanding our cycles, you know, maybe the, our months and our seasons, even our days, you know, what part of our days feel do we have the most energy and what parts don't we? Understanding our energy levels and how they change, what our capacities are, how we know when we are fully charged with full cups and when we aren't, that's really important. And what does that feel like? Where in your body do you feel it? Where, in your, you know, how does your brain respond? How is your nervous system in those moments? We also need to know what kinds of rest are needed. So there's brain rest, body rest and sensory rest. And there's others as well. But these are the kind of main ones. But brain rest, like, do we ever really often consider giving our brains a break and rest? Or do we usually just consider rest a body thing? You know, our brains can be very, very busy places. They have to make constant decisions, keeping us alive, keeping us safe, considering all possible circumstances and all the things that could possibly go wrong and whatever happened to that crush you had back in primary school and how on earth is asparagus a thing, <laughs> Do you know? When my brain is on one, like with the constant, constant, constant chatter and fear mongering and all that kind of stuff within the mean dialogue and, you know, the worst case scenario thinking, I need to resort or um, engage with simple, repetitive, mundane or creative things with my hands and my body so that my brain is either distracted or focused on something particular or so that it can switch off completely. Like playing music, organizing a drawer, reading, meditating, breath work, baking, being really shitty at something new, <laughs> painting. <laughs> Notice how your brain feels when you do certain activities and when your brain when is your brain most rested and calm? And how do you know it is? What does that feel like? And, you know, and as soon as you recognize that when you're engaged with something and you think, actually, my brain's really switched off here or in a good way, <laughs> my brain's really um, feeling rested, my brain's feeling more calm. That's when you start to recognize that for me is brain and brain rest activity. And can I fit that into my day more? Body rest is one we're probably most familiar with. Um, when we think of rest, we often think of like sitting on the couch and doing nothing, right? Um, which can be absolutely the right thing to do. Um, we can usually feel when our body is tired or sore, overworked. We can often feel it, but we don't always know how to rest it or feel that we are deserving of resting it because we also have been trained to punish our bodies in lots of ways and for lots of reasons. But rest is scientifically required for our optimum health. Um, and if you ever need science to give you permission, science has your back here. You know, there may be periods of time when we require more body rest than others. So certain times of the month uh, or year or seasons. Um, I don't know about you, but the last few years, February has been my month where I need a lot of rest. Um it could be after certain activities or certain work that you do or high stress times, you might need more rest. Um, can you be a partner with your body and see where that takes you? What are your body's warning signs or what are their rested healing signs? You know, you start when you feel into your body and, and, and sort of consider what it needs or what's going on and what it might need, then that can change the direction, um, you know, especially in your relationship with rest. There's also sensory rest, and this rest is very important, particularly for our nervous systems and particular for, particularly for those of us who are highly sensitive folk. Um, we are bombarded with sensory and processing things all the time, 
all the time. Screens and noise and smells and visuals and traffic, music, chatter, questions, you know, considerations, being asked to make decisions all the time, lights, like it's a lot. And sometimes we need to give ourselves some time and space to get really quiet where there aren't as many sensory processing things expected of us. So anywhere we feel overstimulated or jittery or um, frazzled, it's a good indication of maybe some sensory overload for us. So can we find ways to quiet that down a bit? I know for me, swimming is one because it shuts out a lot of stuff. I love, I'm a total complete water baby. So that sensory sensation of being in water and lightness is big for me. Um, slow walking in the fields where I visually it's, you know, we've got fields near us, beautiful fields with old trees and it's gorgeous. So all the sounds and the visual part of it is really feeds into my plus of fresh air, feeds into that for me. Um, reading, especially in the hammock, <laughs> is a massive support for me. Um, and some people need different things. And for some people, you know, they need more, maybe they want, if they have focused sounds or music that they listen to, that helps shut off other sensory things. People, some people need to take regular naps. Some people just need a space to close their eyes. Sometimes people can be in the bath or the shower. Sometimes people need time in a darkened room. Um, some people actually benefit from distracting visuals um, and processing movements like dance and shaking your body and stuff like that. It's obviously very dependent on our sensory needs and ways of working um, and very much worth exploring for those of us who recognize that we have sensory needs <laughs> in terms of and that maybe they need a bit of rest it's really important as well then when we start to do explore this more and what our needs and wants are in terms of rest then how do we start to build that into our everyday you know some folks required big you know big periods of restorative rest where that is their only priority and some people don't have the the benefit of that or privilege of that i should say so the hope though is that we can actually create and build in mindful rest into our everyday lives so that we can support ourselves where we are at and maybe prevent the overwhelm and stress and illness and burnout that comes from you know not listening to or giving ourselves what we may need so it's little everyday things that work, you know, is that minds that morning time is a start. Um, I need to do a certain amount of movement in the day because that helps my body process things and it helps my mind switch off. Um, it can also be, it's the listening to our body. So knowing there's days I can do more and there's knowing days I need to do less. And yeah, it's just that figuring ourselves out a bit and then building things in. It's habit building, isn't it? And of course, <laughs> we, there's a couple of things here to consider. One is being, you know, resting in busy times, which is very night of swords. And every single one of us knows that we can't always give ourselves the rest that serves us best or that we need. We can't always rest when we think or feel that we need to rest. But we can certainly support ourselves in a busy time so that we don't overly deplete ourselves. The first thing to remember in these moments is that we are capable of pushing ourselves hard for certain periods of time. And we are often more capable or capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And also, if we know that there is an endpoint to this busy time and that we know how to give ourselves the rest we need after, 
we can often keep going in a more calm and measured way because we know we're going to give ourselves what we need. If we have learned what is really restful for us, we can also build in many moments of rest throughout our day to keep us going. So, you know, a five minute stretching session, a cup of tea looking out the window with the door closed, just quiet, 10 meditative breaths, a 15 minute walk outside at lunch, you know, giving yourself a hand massage, reading a chapter of a book, 10 minutes in child's pose, or even just a big, long hug from a loved one. You know, life can be a lot sometimes and we still deserve rest. (laughs) There's no award for being the most busy, stressed out, unrested person. There's just not. And I feel like there's a lot of that. um, There's a lot of pride for a lot of people in being severely underrested. Um, So another part then to consider is how we ask for support and how we delegate (laughs) Um, and boundary set around this and rest for ourselves so when considering rest and how to and this is very much ten of sort ten of wands excuse me ten of wands when considering rest and how to build in more meaningful rest into our daily lives it's also important to consider the support available to you and if there are things like activities responsibilities jobs roles etc that you are holding that aren't actually yours to hold or to do anymore in the 10 of wands there are all these wands so like there's well there's 10 (laughs) there's 10 wands there's like there's too many though it's too many to carry which are yours to keep which are someone else's to carry and which ones are unnecessary and more of a burden and maybe you've outgrown or you've moved past and so maybe can be left behind What are we saying yes to and what are we saying no to or no more to? Jessica Dore in her book, um, Tarot for Change, which is a gorgeous book, um, says, if there's a choice between a resentful yes and a guilty no, go with the guilty no, because the guilt is usually misplaced. And she also mentions that the more we say no, when it's a choice between a resentful yes and a guilty no, the more we say no, the more we get used to saying no. And it becomes, the guilt slowly fades away because we recognize that there was no need for the guilt, that actually nothing really bad happened when we said no, that actually we created this time and space for ourselves that was supportive. You know, there's a, the relationship, our, our relationship to guilt is really sinister and it's used a lot to keep us in our place and to keep us doing more than we need to and to keep us you know as the people you know people pleasing and the looking for acceptance and it but it feeds into a lot it's not very nice (laughs) but I love that quote it really triggered something in me to recognize what I'm saying yes and no to and why so I thought I would share that. Um, Whatever your relationship is to rest and where you are on your rest journey, I hope you found some of these considerations helpful, even if it's just to give yourself the permission you need to admit and own that maybe, just maybe you are deserving of and worthy of making rest a part of your life because you are. (laughs) If you found this helpful, but you wanted... um, you know, 
some of the details of the things that I've been speaking about today, you could head to the website and this is also in a blog format. So you can um, download or print out or take notes from there if there's anything in particular that you wanted to go back and have a listen to or have a think about. It's over there on the blog as well. Thank you so much for listening and I hope April is a month full of opportunities to explore rest for yourself and to make rest more a part of your day-to-day life. Speak to you next month. Thank you so much for joining me here in this space. You can find out more about the work I do over on the website, which is shinetimecoaching.com, as well as over on Instagram at shinetime underscore coaching. If you enjoyed the podcast today, it would mean an awful lot to this human if you would consider leaving a weed review on your podcast listening platform of choice. I hope your month is full of what you want and even more of what you need. Until next month, take care, lovelies.